Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is evaluation of an optical defocus treatment for myopia progression among school children during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'd like to thank our topical editor and host for today, Dr. Ruth Hyatt, and our topical expert, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to bring you today's podcast. I'm Ruth Hyatt, a fellow and diplomate of the Academy. Welcome to the clinical podcast series. Today, we'll look at myopia progression during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our topical expert is Andrew Pucker, a fellow and diplomate of the Academy. Hey, Andrew, can you tell us a little about yourself? Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm Andrew Pucker. I'm the director of myopia management at UAB Eye Care, and in my regular kind of clinical day, I'm seeing every type of myopia management patient that, you know, we reasonably can treat in uh, the United States. Uh, We currently offer multifocal soft contact lenses, orthokeratology, and atropine. And recently, I've started learning more about um, spectacle lens options. We can't get them in the United States yet, but our neighbors to the north, for example, in Canada can get, for example, the DIMS lens, which is marketed as MyoSmart. And it's uh, actually, the DIM stands for def- Focus Incorporated Multiple Segments, which is a really long and hard thing to say. But what that means is there's a, essentially a center distance spectacle lens where there's center, you know, clear distance vision, and there's a whole bunch of lenslets that have roughly a plus three add so that it's giving different focuses on the eye, which has been shown in a clinical trial, which will link to this podcast to sh- slow uh, migraine progression by over 50%. Okay, so we'll go ahead and talk about the article. So evaluation of an optical defocus treatment for myopia progression among school children during the COVID-19 pandemic was published in January of 2022 by Choi and colleagues. So they found that myopia progressed more rapidly when there were more COVID-19 lockdown measures. However, optical treatment with a DIMS lens significantly slowed myopia progression compared to a single vision lens. So Andrew, why is this topic important to optometrists? Myopia is a really hot topic in general in optometry right now. There's all these different treatment options, which I mentioned that we now think are fairly well vetted by research. And uh, this, this spectacle lens option is just a really cool thing that I think that we can start to hopefully offer in the United States in the next year or two, but really, How does this play into the pandemic is the question. So we have all these different treatments and we don't know if being in really high stressful environments that may be inducing myopia, such as lots of mirror work, which is controversial for causing myopia, but it's, it's, it's in the literature. And then also time inside, which is really well established as a something that has um, caused uh, least myopia development. Again, it's not super clear if it causes progression, but In this paper, they found that kids who spent more time inside progressed more um, compared to pre-pandemic. So people in lockdown were kind of in their house and in the country where this took place in Hong Kong, they had really strict measures. People weren't really even allowed to go outside. So they found that there was more progression than kids 
prior to the pandemic. And interestingly, they found that the treatment they were offering in one of their studies, the, the DIMS lens still allowed for a slowing of progression. So the cool thing from this study is it shows that even though you're in potentially really high stress inducing myopia environment, this treatment still worked pretty well overall. Okay. Um, so, you know, with that being said, how can this article help guide clinical practice? I think that this can help guide clinical practice in that it suggests at least that if we're spending a whole bunch of time inside, at least more than in the past, this treatment will still work. And that's a pretty, you know, clinically relevant question. Are we, you know, spending our time properly? Are we spending our money properly on these treatments? If they're going to be, you know, used inside all the time, you know, that's, I think, important to know. And it doesn't necessarily directly extrapolate to our other treatments, such as orthokeratology, but it suggests that they probably will still work. We still need to do that research to figure that out. But I think that, you know, I think is something that can help at least guide us a little bit in the right direction. Do you think this paper helps guide myopia management selection for patients? I don't know if it helps guide picking a specific treatment, but it, I think, helps us know that at least it should work in most situations, you know, inside visual environments different than outside. And, you know, at least this suggests that if you spend most of your time inside, these treatments should help. Okay. Um, what do you think about near work and children's education? This is a great question. I get it from parents pretty frequently. And typically where it comes up is where their child is playing a lot of video games. <laughs> And they may be looking for an excuse to tell them to not play the video games all day. But what I like to say is that generally, I don't think it hurts you to use your eyes, especially if it's for education purposes. I wouldn't want our parents telling the kids to not look at their Zoom if they're at home because they're not going to be getting the education they need to succeed in today's world. So I typically, you know, approach it that way. And I also say everything should be done in moderation, right? You know, you can play some video games, take breaks so you don't get as much digital eye strain, you know, just do your best because our, our society is probably going to even go more digital in the future. And we just have to adapt and, you know, hopefully treatments like the um, DIMS lens will help uh, negate some of the potential inside effects that we are probably going to experience for the next you know, forever, basically. <laughs> Are there any other thoughts that you want to add about this article or myopia management in general? I think this is just another piece of information suggesting that we should be offering myopia to our patient, myopia management to our patients. You know, you don't have to necessarily offer to your practice. Like you said to me earlier today, you work at the VA, right? You're not probably seeing a lot of those patients, but you're probably seeing parents of patients and you could, you know, sure. talk about that if that's, that comes up, you know, people like to talk about their children. So you can talk about these tidbits of things they may never heard about and, um, you know, they can get to the right spot if they need to, uh, you know, have that option because I, I think this is really becoming the standard of care. And if we're not offering it, we need to at least refer people to people who are. Well, I appreciate your insight, Andrew, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the clinical podcast series. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for having me. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. 